Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of the Present for a Podcast. On today's episode, we have another fellow athlete, um, also another Nigerian as well, so that connection is always good. And, uh, you know, uh, he's a professional soccer player for the Miami FC Club. Um, he talks about his story, very interesting story. Um, moved from Nigeria, um, came to Brooklyn, New York, and, uh, you know, was able to find his way and, and work his way up into the professional ranks. Uh, very humble dude, so um, tune into this story and for today's episode. All right, welcome back to another episode of Pressing Forward Podcast. Um, on today's episode, we got another athlete, uh, another Nigerian as well. Um, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say your name how it's supposed yeah. to be said. Oluwatife Akinode, right? Did I say that right? Oluwatife Akinode. Yeah, yeah. There we go. And uh, just start off by introducing yourself, where you're from, um, and uh, what you do, man. Yeah, uh, like like he said, my name is uh, Bolu Atefe. Um, everybody calls me Bolu for short. Um, Nigerian, grew up in, was born in Nigeria, moved to the States when I was 10 to New York, grew up in Brooklyn. Um, and I play soccer professionally currently for Miami FC, um, and I'm a midfielder. Copy, copy. But let's, uh, let's start from the beginning. You said you was born in... In Lagos, Nigeria. Where exactly, to be exact, in Nigeria? In Lagos? Yeah. I was born in um, Ojo Alegba. Okay. So that's that's like, if you're ever into Afrobeats and you know Whiskey, like a big, big song. So it's like a, it's a pretty poor poor area yeah. in Lagos, but it's like, it's an area where there's a lot of talent. There's people doing different things, music, sports, whatever. So it's, it's been a few cool, cool stories that's come out of that city. Right. And uh, what was your upbringing like in Ojo Alegba? Like, just family, siblings, what was that like? Yeah, yeah. So I have three older brothers. Um, one of them played soccer as well. So me and him are quite close, actually. Um, and yeah, it was just running around in the streets. Um, my dad passed away when I was young, so it was just my mom. Um, so yeah, humble beginnings, to say the least. Um, and uh, you said you and your brother was close. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had seen in previous interviews, you mentioned his name and things like that. Yeah. Um, what makes that bond between the both of you so tight? Like, why you guys, why is, why do you guys bond so tight like that? Yeah, I think he's every like he's everything rolled in one. Like, he's my older brother. He's like my dad, like my father figure. He's my best friend. Like, he's just like every, we we connect on every multiple level. Like, we play the same sport. We have the same passion for soccer. Like, I started playing soccer because of him. Um, we listen to the same music. Like, we've just done everything, and we've been similarly close in everything we've done whether it's school whether it's soccer we've just always been around each other and he's watched me grow like he always jokes around like he knew myself before i knew myself because he's always been around me for that long so i think those kind of bonds like you're lucky if you get one of them in your life was definitely was definitely and that's solid i mean even just listening to it that sounds like the bond me my brother got me my older brother so he played football he played track and all that i would really just follow his footsteps i was trying to be like him a little that's how it goes when you're a younger right. person, bro. That's <laughs> yeah facts. that's facts um so when you got to brooklyn what was that like i know it was a you come from nigeria you go to brooklyn that's a whole different culture shock what was that like for you when yeah you it was different it was different it was a culture shock for sure i think the first thing like for me was the weather like i hated the winter, bro even till this day i hate the winter i hate the cold like i would just need to get away i think that was a big culture shock um and just like adapting adapting to like school the way school is the way kids are the way like my peers and everything i had a heavy accent you feel me like i was different than everyone else yeah and uh you kind of kind of figure it out and make your own way as an immigrant but um i love brooklyn like i love new york a lot because it's taught me everything that i've that i've learned in my life very yeah. very quickly it's a place where you have to become an adult very very quickly that's fact 
And did you have that common experience? I know with Nigerian names or African names, when the teacher go to call your name, it's like, you already know, you already know your name coming up. <laughs> you know what's crazy? You know what I used to do? It got to the point where it got so bad, I would go to the teacher. Like, if it's the first class, I'll go to the teacher before and be like, <laughs> don't call my name out loud because I don't want them clowning me. Like, it was yeah. it got to that point. But after a while, I think, like, when I hit, like, I think, like, my junior year in high school, I started to embrace it because like yeah. everyone started to know me and it became like unique. Like I embraced the fact that, yo, my name is different. Like yeah. it means something, you know, it's special. So. And speaking on that subject, what does your name actually mean? So my name, my name, my name means that's how God wants it. Okay. So I have three, I actually have three older brothers. The one I'm really close with and two, two ones um, above me, one from my dad and then one from my mom. Um, so when they were going to have me, I was supposed to be the last born and my, they both really wanted a girl. And yeah. obviously I came out as a boy. So they named me Boluatife, means like God's will. Like that's how God wants it. God wanted them to have a third boy. Oh, wow. That's yeah. so solid. That's so solid. And uh, so how'd you actually get into like soccer? Once you got to America, how'd you get to start playing soccer? Yeah. So my first my first two years in America, I actually didn't play. Um, I didn't touch a ball just because I didn't know anyone. I didn't know how to go about it. Um, and my mom's not really into sports. Yeah. So my brother, he started playing. He met someone in high school, started playing for the high school team. And then that same person took him to their club team in Brooklyn called Brooklyn Patriots. Um, and they wound up having like a younger age group. And I kept nagging my brother. I'm like, yo, take me, take me. Right. And I'm to play. And he took me. And like, yeah, everything just started going from there. And the rest is history, pretty much. The rest is history, pretty much. Where did you go to high school? Um, Thomas Jefferson. Oh, you went to Thomas Jefferson. Yeah, I went to Jeff, yeah. yeah. yeah we, we smacked you on the football. Hey, we're going to talk about that. <laughs> you went to Lincoln? No, no, no. I went to uh, Port Richmond. Port Richmond. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that was later on because uh, there was a point where uh, Thomas Jefferson was really like, they was like that. In Very football. good, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They won. So my, and I was I was actually real close with the football players, but my, uh, I think my senior, was it my junior or my senior year? They won the the. PSL like championship. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I was, I was, I was pretty good at that point. Yeah. At that point, and uh, you talked about the Brooklyn Patriots. Is that a team that you feel like? Talk about that experience. Is that team that you felt like really developed your game? Like, yeah, they helped me a lot. Um, so I went there, and honestly, I, I really never played like organized. Like, I just played from like the streets. Yeah, I played a little bit of organized stuff before I came to America. But when I got to when I got to Brooklyn Pitchers, like that was like my first real experience of playing like 11 v 11 and being coached and like practice and stuff. And my co my coach back then, Vincent, Vincent Mark, he's from um, St. Vincent. No, St. Lucia. Sorry. He's from St. Lucia. So yeah. it was a lot of Caribbeans, um, Jamaicans, Trinidadians. So that was really cool. Like I'm still friends with them to this day. A lot of those yeah. guys. And that helped me. And like that was a good like stepping stone for me to move on in my career. And when, when did um the. New York Red Bulls. When did that come in? And so I played. I played for Brooklyn Patriots. I think like we played. I played for them probably like a year and a half or two years. And then one day, me and my brother was were on a laptop, and an ad just came up, and it was like New York Red Bulls were just starting an academy. Yeah. They put an ad out like, "I'll oh, come try for the academy." And we looked at each other like, "All right, why not? Like, let's sign up." So we he went for the older team. I went for the younger team, and I made the team. I was like, I want to say 14, 13, 14 around there. And then, yeah, I made the team and then started climbing and working my way through the academy from there. And uh, after that, you ended up attending uh, Seton Hall, right? Yeah, I went to Seton Hall, yeah. And I, I seen somewhere else that you was like, what, 16 when you got there? I was, yeah. So I went to, so when I came from Nigeria, I had to take a placement test. And I, 
did quite well. I was like nine right before my 10th birthday. Yeah. I was supposed to be in the third grade and I did well and they put me in the fifth grade. And we got uh-huh. here in April and we we're supposed to graduate in June. And then I took the test and I passed all the tests. Are they like, what's the point of view? So I wound up just going to the sixth grade. So I was like above grades and I just kind of stayed there. Oh, all right. I went to college when I was 16. And then uh, kind of what was your experience like in college? Like different atmosphere, different? Different, different. I mean, you know, like coming from an inner city school in New York and going to like a, like a good, like prestigious university yeah, with, like yeah. Villanova or like Seton Hall, it's like, it's different. Like I remember getting to school the first day and and like everyone had their laptop out and I'm thinking, oh, you're about to like mess around and people yeah, yeah. notes. And like that, that shocked me a little bit. I was like, damn, all right, people actually like, school is very very important i mean it's always been important to me but when i got to college like i really understood that bit and developed a lot of skills and obviously soccer I had to take the back back burner a little bit in school just because yeah. the way it's structured you don't get to train as much um but yeah it was a good experience i wouldn't trade it for anything yeah and uh one of the things you also mentioned before was uh and i noticed too because obviously my parents are nigerian too like they don't really they don't care too much about the sport the athletic part so the education part how, yeah. how how important was that? How how much was that stress for you by your mom? By how much was that stress? By oh, yeah, it was big time. Like my mom always like the whole reason we came to America. And she she would sit me and my brother down like religiously and tell us like yeah. you're here because of school. Like you're here to make something of yourself and the opportunities that are provided to you. Like don't take that for granted. Like when you go to school, be respectful. Listen, learn, learn, and learn. So that was always big for her. Like even the soccer stuff. Whenever like when I was younger, if you interfere with soccer, it was like look you can't go to practice if you don't get this done um and then like when i started getting scholarships to go to college that's when she was like all right this soccer thing's not bad yeah keep doing this I don't know <laughs> all right you're good so so it was big it was big and like for, for me to like graduate college um was like massive for her as well too because i was always different from everyone in my family because like i played soccer i was a little bit more like out there and, and yeah. stuff. so it was it was cool for everyone to see like all right I He's actually doing his thing. I right. actually did my thing. Yeah. Right. Nah, because I had a similar, I had a similar experience too. Because my parents, like, they didn't really know too much. And when I started playing football, they were like, "Oh, Jack of all trades." He's not yeah, doing yeah. It. And then you finally see you get the scholarship. They're like, "Oh, okay, okay." Yeah. Right, so. yeah. But um, even after uh, you, how did you get into like, is is uh, is going pro something you always had on your mind or? Yeah, I think. It's crazy because when I really think back at it now, like I never, there was no world where I envisioned myself not playing professionally. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy to think like now that I'm a, on an adult and I'm older and I see like, yo, it doesn't work like that usually. Like a lot yeah. of people yeah. don't make it. And mm-hmm. you did get lucky. Like, yeah, I, I worked, but there's also a bit of luck that comes with it. So like in my mind, I was always like, yeah, I never had like any like backup or like, oh, I'm going to do this. Like, I studied this because that's why I was like, no, I'm going to go professionally. Um, and I think it was something like I always put in the back of my mind, but I was also had the mentality of like, just be the best wherever you are. And the other, the, the path and the journey was sort of sort itself out. So um, luckily after I finished and I played four years, I seen Hall, like my spring semester of the fall, the, no, my spring semester of my senior year. So 2015 senior year, one of my academy coaches from Red Bull, called me and was like hey we want to invite you to preseason we want you to come give you a chance at it so lucky enough i did well enough and they, they signed me to my first contract wow and what was the feelings there it was like all the work that you've been put in throughout the years it finally paid yeah. off yeah it was like it was one of those moments that i wanted it to be like surreal or whatever yeah. but 
it was it was kind of like I got I got in and there was a big realization, especially when you get to the pros your first year. It's like, yo, right. when you're in college, like you're probably the best player on your team. Right. When you get to the pros. Everybody there was the best player in their college. Everybody there had been the best player somewhere else. So like I came in there going, yo, like this is tough. Right. I got to adjust. Like if I want to get to where I want to be at, I got work to do. And then I also had like some immigration and paper issues. So they told me they were going to sign me, but a couple of months passed as I was trying to sort out my immigration stuff. So it stalled a little bit and the yeah. season had started and I kind of had to watch from the sideline. I was so ready for it to happen. But when it happened and I, I was like, damn, all right, bet. And I signed and I was like, all right, but you still got work to do. Right, so right. That was so, kind of, that's how it was. Okay, so it's one of those feelings like obviously you've, you know, accomplished your goal, but now it's like reality hit. Like I still got to show up and perform like, Exactly. 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 And so, what what were your the feelings from like your your mom, your your family? Were they excited about the whole? Experience? Yeah, yeah. Everybody was ecstatic. Um, I was still in school actually when it happened, so I was oh, finishing up like I was finishing up my spring semester. And luckily, like the training facility was only like twenty minutes from uh, the the my campus, so yeah. I was still able to like finish school. So they were excited for me. Everybody was excited. My brother was excited. My mom, my uncles, and everything. And my mom threw a big like graduation party and oh, like, right, I, turned, right. I turned just turned 21 graduated college and went pro all at the same time so it was like it was a good it was a good feeling like yeah. for everyone and I was it was it's nice to see everyone happy for you you know most definitely most definitely so it sounds like he was on that kind of high almost I was I was so what was that welcome to the pro moment for you was there like a specific practice or something that you was like oh I'm really like a professional now like yeah so I made my, I signed and then like a couple of days later, I made my debut, which was cool. It was away in Charleston, but we played, I don't know how much you know about soccer, but that, that summer. So a couple, I'll say like two months after me signing my first contract, we played against Chelsea and Chelsea is like one of the biggest teams in the world. Yeah. Definitely like probably like top 10 for sure. Most definitely. And they came to, they had like a preseason tour here. So we got to play against them and I got to play against Chelsea and like the stadium was sold out. It was packed. And I remember that moment. And like after the game, like, and then like till this day, people talk about it. And we beat them as well, too. They oh, just wow. like, oh, wow. they just won, um, won the Premier League in England and we beat them 4 2. And I remember like standing there looking around, like, damn, like all the sacrifices, all the hard work. Like, this is the moment. This is the reasons why you've done that. You've given up so much in your life and right. missed out on things and did whatever. It's because of this right here. And like, it might have only lasted for not that long, but it was an incredible, incredible moment for me. Like right. that moment, I was like, all right, you're a pro now. Like you just like these are people that I played with on video games that I've yeah. idolized. Like I just played against them and beat them, you know. So right. that was cool. That's probably a crazy feeling. It's probably yeah. a crazy feeling. Um, so what's the what's the pregame playlist like? Is there Afro beats on there? What's- Afro, Afro, Afro beats is not for pregame. <laughs> That's enjoyment, you right, know. Right, right, that's right. that's enjoyment. But right. pre-game, pre-game. All right, so I'm a big, big, big Fifty Cent fan. Oh, Fifty. Right. So, so, you know, so just G Unit is always a lot of G Unit, a lot of old school G Unit. Um, I'll listen to some. I like Pop Smoke a lot too. Right. So I'll listen to some Pop Smoke. Um, I, I, since I've been in Florida, I, like I like Kodak too. So oh, I listen oh, to Kodak, right. like anything that gets me going. But like I always connect music with like. I don't know, like moments and memories. So anything that's that could tap me back to like good memories or something that gets some sort of emotion going to me, like yeah. I always, like I have a playlist like specific for that. Okay, solid, solid. And um, uh, what was I about to ask? 
how do you how do you feel like you're able to strike a balance between being professional and then also still like obviously you want to enjoy your life you know mm-hmm. having a social life and things like that how do you how do you balance that i think the biggest the, the key and the word that you just you use is balance yeah. um, and the first i'll say is keep the main thing the main thing What's right that? like soccer is your job your body is your job like as an athlete or whatever you do but always make sure you keep that focus with that in mind and understand like okay we got let's say like i always i, I like to work on a work reward basis you feel me right. so good performance good performances a run of games something i've done well okay i can reward myself i'll step on the town i can enjoy myself i'll do whatever like i'll take a day for myself and enjoy it but like you got to earn it you know what i'm saying like that's kind of my mentality is like if you can push yourself to earn it and you know okay I got a date. I got a couple of days coming off, coming up here where I don't have anything to do. Yeah. Let me put in the performances for ten days and two, three games, and then those two days I can I can enjoy myself a little bit. I think that keeps a good balance because it's a season of ten months. So you're playing for ten months. You can't like you're not gonna be professional every single day. Yeah, for 10 yeah, months. Sure. It's impossible. So you got to find ways to do it, but don't overdo it as well. Yeah. So I think the 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 most important thing is there obviously everything in moderation, essentially. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Just keeping the main thing the main thing. You know, exactly. being a exactly. professional is obviously the forefront of obviously what you're doing right now and the time mm-hmm. in your life right now. Yeah. Um now have you ever like been through any injuries and things like that throughout your career? Luckily, I've been I've been lucky enough. I haven't had any like major injuries or surgery, but last the last last year of a playoff game, I got hurt. So I sprained my MCL and I had like a small tear in my meniscus okay. and it was like eight weeks of rehab in the off season and that was tough like it was tough because I'd never had any injuries like yeah, I didn't go lucky. yeah even till this day I haven't like missed a training session in eight years wow so That's I've been solid. very very lucky and like very solid. blessed but when that happened it was tough because it's a different kind of mentality every day just to get yourself to do the right. things that you do normally already so I have a lot of respect for people that have had surgeries and had those kind of things because right. it's not easy to come back from Definitely those mental hurdles that you gotta go through and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So what what does the uh, what does a diet and the regimen consist of? If you're not, I'm about to say your diet sounds like you gotta be good if you ain't going through no injuries and nothing. Yeah, right. yeah. So I'm actually like plant based. So I'm vegan. Okay. Um. So how long like, you been doing that? Four years now. Oh wow. Yeah, for about four years. So I changed when I had like I finished one a season, and uh, I don't know. I would always like. My back would hurt a lot. My lower back would hurt. I felt like I was carrying maybe a little bit more weight than I should have. Yeah. yeah. Um, and my brother is vegan as well. So he was like, why don't you just try it for the off season and see see what happens? And I tried it. I changed my changed my whole diet and I came back. I remember I came back. All my teammates was like, yo, like, you, like you're so much fitter. You're flying. You look different. And I'm telling you, bro, like it's been one of the best things that I've done for my career. It's crazy. I don't know, man. I I tried it, but I'm like, will my mom be cooking and stuff like that? Yeah. I don't know. So you don't. So you don't be eating. I'm about to say, so you don't be eating the food your mom made, then. I I. So she, my mom is a good cook, so she'll put spins to it. You know what I mean? Oh, okay, gotcha. Like, like mushroom, she'll make it like a different little dish, but she put a little spin to it. But it was tough in the beginning. Like I go home and mom is making, like I'm, damn, I want that. What? Word, word. <laughs> um. So I mean, as you know. Uh, football or soccer, as you get, you call it football. But as you know, the the sport at some point comes to an end. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to put that in your head or anything like that. But uh, what do you hope to accomplish before your career is over? I want to win the league that I play in. Um, I've been here eight years and I haven't won it. I think we got to, I, the first I got to was like semifinal, 
but I never won it. That's a big thing for me um, is to win the league because I don't know, I feel like to solidify yourself as like one of the better players that graced this league and played here, the next that you have to win a championship. Like you have to win a championship. So that's the biggest thing. We fell short this year. So back to the drawing board and we go again next year. Right. Try, try and win it before my career ends. And what do you find to be the uh, motivating factor for you right now that just keeps you going? It keeps me going, like in my career? Yeah. I was actually just talking about that with one of my teammates. And and like the, the biggest thing for me is like, I always flip back and channel back to like when I was a kid in Nigeria. And I would make, like I will be in the house or whatever, and I would make these balls like with newspaper and yeah. wrap it with tape and just kick know. it around and kick it in the net and run around and celebrate or whatever. In between, it would drive my mom crazy, but I would do that. And and whenever like it's hard for me or whatever, I think, damn, I've been doing this for a while, whatever. I think back to that kid because there's nothing more than that kid would have wanted than to be in this position that I am right now. I'm in Miami, I'm in Florida, I'm playing professionally. Like I've been playing for eight years, like all these things that I've, I've accomplished, all these memories I've created. Like that's what keeps my fire burning, you know? And I do it for like my, the young self because that's that's who like, I think at the end of the day, like when we become adults and when we grow older, the biggest we never the biggest thing is to never lose your inner child. And right. I think for me, like to satisfy that inner child is to be be successful every year on an individual basis first, and then think about the team. That's solid. And um, even through all the fame, the attention, whatever the case may be, what do you feel like keeps you grounded through all that? Would you say it's also because of your upbringing as well? Yeah, yeah, my family, my family, my brother for sure. Yeah. Um, the way we've always been, like, it's always like come from very like kind of tough love, you yeah, know, in front yeah. of each other kind of thing. So I think my family always keeps me humble. Um, and whatever I do, whenever I go home, whenever I talk to my mom, and it's cool because my mom like she doesn't care about the soccer stuff, you know. So I'm just always still her son whenever I talk to her. So that always keeps me grounded. And like the way we grew up and the way I was raised, that's always been that's always been the kind of person I am. And I don't think nothing would ever change that. Right. Right. No, that's, that's, that's solid, man. That's incredible because I think at the end of the day, um, it's it's easy to get the attention or whatever the case may be and then feel like, you know, you're this macho guy, you're this big guy, whatever the case may be. And on that subject, how do you feel like you um, want to make an impact? How do you want to leave a legacy? Um, what do you want your legacy to be? Yeah, I think so when I'm, when I'm done playing, I, I want to go into coaching and I want to coach in college. And I think... See you We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Um, and I want to coach, coach in college because I, I think those four years that you go through in college, whenever you come in, like those years shape you so much, especially to become a young, like leaving to be a child, essentially or a teenager, and you leave as a man. Yeah. And I think coaches play a bigger role than they think. You know, yeah. I don't think like a lot of coaches understand how much like kids look up to them and, and the lessons that they teach them through the sport, how much that matters and how much they carry the, those like, lessons and ideas and thoughts and emotions and feelings through their life you know and I think it's it, it's a it's a massive thing and I think that's something like I can do to help and I can I can give back with all my experiences and everything I've been through to kind of help like kids from I guess that 17 18 16 in my case to 20 21 22 as they go out into the real world and become become young men you know like you say I mean you have a wealth of experiences like what good is it to just hoard it and then not be able to pay it forward? So exactly. and even on that uh, top topic of coaching, um, what is one of the most important lessons that you've learned from a coach? 
Oh, that's a good question. I never thought about that. Um, oof, that's a good question. I never think now. See if he was listening when Coach was talking. <laughs> yeah, I was sure, right? I think one of one of so one of my coaches always told me. One of my coaches always told me, no matter no matter what's going on in your life. Essentially, like the main thing is no one cares. You still have to show up to work every single day. You know, you still got to show up because everyone's going through something. Right. And everyone still shows up to work. So that doesn't excuse you. It doesn't make anything different. So the idea of like coming into work every day and putting it in an empty tank, um, I think that's big. Another lesson that a coach actually this season taught me, and I, and I held it so high because I think it's incredible. He said, he said, the way you do anything is the way you do everything. That's how you do everything. I've heard that, yes. So, so he, he told me that in a moment, and it was a moment where, like, people, like, we're in, I think it was, like, later in the season, you know, everyone, like, like it was, it was, like, a little bit chilly. It was raining. Like, yeah. you can just tell the, like, the mood wasn't there to, like, right. kind of train and put in the work, and it was getting sloppy, and he said that. And I was like, damn, like, at any moment, like, you are here for only a couple hours in, in this realm, in this field. Like the way you warm up, the way that's how you're gonna carry on the rest of your day and the rest of your week, and then the game on Saturday, and then it just becomes a trend. And that was that was special to me. Like I kept that in the back of my head. No, that's solid advice. Um, and that's pretty much talking about like habits and things like that. The habits mm-hmm. you form is who yeah. you eventually become. Exactly. Um, so more of on like an entrepreneur side, it's more of a question on that on that end. Um, if you could start a business tomorrow, what would that business be? If I could start a business, I, I, I got you. So actually, there's an idea that I've kind of flowed. Don't, don't go around still. My idea, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the idea is obviously going to revolve around soccer, but I want to I want to build like a kind of a soccer field with a rooftop bar overlooking it. Um, and it would be like four like smaller fields where tournaments could be held. Kids could be trained. Um, and then inside would kind of be like kind of like a. Dave and Buster's like Chuck E. Cheese kind of but not really like it would have like a PlayStation you could come you could play FIFA or and then games would be streaming as well so you could come in and watch soccer games and then the ball would be for like the adults that bring the kids to come train or like if a group of guys come and they play in the tournament or whatever they can go up and have a drink listen to some music have some finger foods and appetizers like just to keep like people coming in and coming yeah. out and like so that's yeah. something I've thought about but We'll get there eventually. I was about to say that's that sounds like a, a solid. I ain't stealing your idea. You, you <laughs> yeah. No, nah, that do sound like as a long solid. As we're not in the same location, we're good. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, just put it up at a different location. But no, nah, yeah. that sounds solid though. It sounds like almost like a um a rec center. Yeah, something but like, like that. Something. even more though. That's solid. Mm-hmm. That's solid. Um, so when it's all said and done, will you have said more than you've done? Right now, I would say yeah, because I haven't won anything. Mm. You know what I mean? Like that's big to me because I consider yeah. myself like very competitive. I like I want to be a winner, but like I don't I don't have any trophies. So like, what have you really done? This all in your head. This all memories. I need yeah. hardware. I need I need silverware. I need a trophy. I need a medal. So I think once once that happens, then I could be like, no, I've done more than I've said. Oh, I bet. Solid. Okay. And um, so usually how we we pretty much wrap up the interview. Um, is leaving the the audience with uh, one piece of advice. Uh, what would that advice be to the, the audience? One piece of advice. Believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. Because I think, especially in a world that we live in today, I think you might get put off 
I guess people like there's so much access to different things in this world. Right. Uh, everyone gets caught up in like looking at like, oh, this person has this, this person's doing this, this person's doing that. And they forget about themselves, right? And they mm. that internal belief, forget the exterior, forget what's going on out there. Believe in yourself. Because if you don't believe in yourself, how do you expect anybody else to? That's so true. And obviously, you got to back that up with the work. The work is that's a non-negotiable, but the biggest thing is have that internal belief and that internal fire on whatever you do, whether you're a doctor, whether you're a lawyer, whether you're an athlete, whether you're a physical therapist, whatever you decide to do, a business person, accountant, believe in yourself. Because if you don't believe in yourself and you go out in that world and you want to accomplish something, it'll chew you up and spit you out. Mm. That's tangible advice right there. And I think even on that point, uh, one of the things that you mentioned that's important is faith without works is dead. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Um, you know, it's important to believe yourself, like you said, but also put the work behind it. One thousand percent. That's a non-negotiable. Yeah. Most definitely. Most definitely. Well, um, that pretty much wraps up today's episode. I want to thank you for uh, joining me on today's show. Um, where can the people find you? Yeah, I'm on Instagram. Bolo uh, Akinode, I think, is my username. And I'm on Twitter, I guess. But that's about it. All right, man. Solid. Appreciate you again, man. Yeah, no doubt. Thanks for yeah. having me. Yeah. And that concludes today's episode. Uh, I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in. Uh, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Pressing Forward um, for more content. Um, not only the podcast, we share also content related to mental health and other things as well. So be sure to tune in on there. And if you're more of a visual person, um, this uh, visual episode is also available on YouTube at Pressing Forward. And uh, be sure to subscribe on there. And... Um, have a blessed day.